Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark, May 23rd, the second to last show of the month of May. Uh, as always, joined by my co-host here, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, I'm doing fine. I always appreciate you asking, but I want to cede to you because this is your special day. For anyone who doesn't know, or somehow, yes, I wasn't paying attention last week or wasn't on Twitter. Not that Parker tweets about himself, but I, I tweet about my podcast partner, my my golfing coach and, and tech extraordinaire. Parker, happy 25th birthday, brother. Thank you. Thank you. It is uh, just another day, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I, I do appreciate it. Um, here's to hopefully more than 25 more, I would say. So if I may, if I may, I know, I know we joke around how, and we, even when we were together, we always joke around how I'm the more extroverted, open, transparent one. Not that you lie, but just kind of, I share everything. And you are a little bit more just kind of reserved. Guard is not the right word, but whatever, private. Tell us something though. Tell us what you did this weekend. Let the viewers in on what you did this weekend. Oh, well, I, I, I share a birthday uh, with a good friend of mine and uh, another friend of mine like three days before. So we just sort of had a, we flew one of them out. We had a big sort of conjoined birthday week. So we've just been hanging out all week, uh, awesome. taking it easy. I've been watching hockey every chance I, <laughs> I can because these are some really good hockey games, but it has just been uh, a pretty chill a uh, pretty chill last few days here. Where do you fly out from? Like far? Uh, Regina, not too far. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good effort. I'm impressed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm happy. Happy. Best of best wishes for this upcoming year for you, for sure. Thank you. Um, we don't have a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> we, uh, we, 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 we did our pre-show meeting about four minutes before the show started uh and and figured out okay there was one thing somewhat canucks related that happened which we'll talk about i guess first because this is canucks after dark there are the playoff series i didn't prep our preseason predictions yet so we can't see uh who's won that just yet keep the suspense building over the next couple of weeks here um but we can get you guys to help us with questions and things like that so uh, maybe don't throw them in yet because I, yeah. I, I have trouble scrolling back, but uh, yeah. feel free to think of some questions that you are topics that we might miss that you want to talk about. Uh, and we will do that. Yeah. And in the meantime, as we start to talk about, yeah, obviously react to what we're talking about, but if you also want to put on your, put in your reflections of when you were 25 or if you're not even there yet, we'd like to read those kind of things too, but yeah, save your actual ask Parker and clay questions so they can answer it on the stream. Uh, for about the half, you know, just past the halfway point, because we'll actually spend some time doing that. Because I think, Parker, we got so excited doing our predictions last week that we skipped all viewer questions last week, I think. I think so. So we'll make up for that. We planned on this. We planned on making up for it this week. Yeah, it's not exactly. lack of preparation or lack of things that happened. We'll go with. Mm. Um, but we'll start off with the Vancouver Canucks um, announcing changes to their coaching staff. So they have basically finalized who will be uh, coming back to the team who will be on the bench. Um, I don't think this is completely comprehensive yet, um, but basically the, the press release they put out yesterday says uh, Bradshaw and Jason King will uh, will return next season to resume their current roles. Scott Walker, Kyle Gustafson, and Daryl Seward. Now, remember, we talked about Gustafson and Seward about a year ago <laughs> uh, joining the Canucks, uh, but they will not be returning uh, for the 2022-2023 season. Um, so all that they have right now as their coaching staff, uh, Bruce Boudreau at the top, 
Shaw and King as assistants and Ian Clark as uh, as the goalie guru. Yes, so a, cu- a couple things that we can we can break open here. Right now, the way that you just laid it out with just King and Shaw back, we know that when Scott Walker unfortunately got hit in the head with a puck at the start of January or middle of January, he missed six weeks. And in those six weeks, Brad Shaw took over the defense and the penalty kill. And Parker, as you know, uh, maybe coincidentally or not, that's when the Canucks showed a lot of improvement in their in their penalty kill performance. So Jason King, naturally, he'll do the forwards and the power play. Brad Shaw will do the defense and the penalty kill. Of course, Brujo is overseeing both of them. So the question is really, yeah, as you said, are they going to bring in one or two more assistant coaches to replace what basically Scott Walker and Kyle Gustafson were doing? Daryl Stewart, video coach, likely they're going to replace him, but that's not a bench position. What's interesting is Scott Walker was the one that Brujo brought in when he got hired. I remember they announced Brujo and Walker in the same at the same day, in the same day. But um, I, I understand from what others have told me that Walker, it's health related, it's his choice as opposed to the Canucks letting him go. Maybe the the COVID, I mean the 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 vertigo from the the puck in the head scared him a little bit. So all to say, you're right. Walker goes to send Seward out, and then uh, King and Shaw and Clark staying. And I guess uh, yeah, one question is, do you think they they beef it up by one or two more? I think I would think so. It seems yeah. uh, it seems a little. I don't know. I, I I feel like this. They've been pushing pretty hard on having a lot of you trying to have a lot of people, a lot of opinions in a room, right? Like you look at the management yeah. staff, and they they hired a bunch of people, right? It, it's not a two man show uh, like it like it kind of was before. Uh, there's an extra body or two in there, um, and, and I, it it seems weird that they might downsize um, unless you think that these people. Uh, can handle it and but i mean the thing is coaches don't hit salary cap right like you can if you can afford to pay more you can have more mm. uh, i don't know if there's a rule but you i i feel like you could probably have nine guys on your bench if you wanted to maybe a little bit of a crowd <laughs> but uh maybe too many cooks in the kitchen but uh you know you might i uh, i think you know you could have a couple extra guys uh, to help out you know delegate some tasks um, they also got rid of, uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but, but a lot of other names, um, some guys who are there, uh, longer term. I think, uh, Takahashi was one who ran yep. I think, the training staff. Yeah. Uh, John Sanderson. Yeah. Yeah. So a few other names, uh, moving on and I'm sure they'll find teams to work for, uh, cause they've, they've been in the business for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, one correction actually that for both of us. I just looked it up. Uh, Daryl Seward has actually been our our video coach since July 2017. So he was he was actually already here. Uh, but you're right. Gustafson was a one year only. Walker came in halfway through as well. Shaw at huh. the summer. But Seward, yeah, Seward's actually been here for five years. I, I wasn't actually. I didn't know that either. I just looked it up as we were chatting right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one then. Five years. You're right, but I'm confused yeah. because I remember this conversation last year. You sure it was Seward, though, that we were talking about? Maybe not. Probably yeah. not. I, I know it was Gustafson and uh, Shaw for sure. For sure. Yeah, it might have been guys. Gustafson yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. All right. I tried. It's it's all right. Ian Clark's good, though. We should probably keep him. Yeah. Hopefully for a while. <laughs> uh, most of the goalies he works with seem to do okay. Um, yeah. But that's it for Canuck stuff. Nothing else really <laughs> happened. Um, again, it'll heat up in the next month and a half, really. Uh, as we get, um, you know, draft free agency, all that stuff coming through um, in late June um, to mid July ish. 
which will be much more exciting. But for right now, it is all playoffs. Uh, that's mm. the only real thing going on in the NHL. It has been drama filled. You know, obviously yeah. there's a, there's a bit of a decline. We go from first round eight different series going on. There's four games a night. It's it's action packed. We go down to four series, two games a night. Still enough hockey uh, yep. to keep you to keep you paying attention. But you know, as series wrap up, you know we we run the risk of having some nights without hockey games on, which is uh, which is yes. unfortunate. Um, and I guess we should do. We want to start off with the one that was underwhelming, um, and that was sure. the the battle. Uh, of florida yeah yeah now both of us so parker i must say (laughs) i we had so much fun on last week's stream so much fun that we didn't even take any viewer questions because we were giving our second round predictions and we basically confirmed that not with the same person but when it comes to hockey often we think alike because we had four exact same predictions and uh, one of them was tampa over florida in seven seven Yep. So we were a little off. We got the right team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the hottest offensive team in years scored three goals in a playoff series. That's that's really wow. the storyline, right? They scored they, they 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 only score one goal in each of the first three games, and they get yep. shut out for the first time all season in game four. And uh, I mean, they put up how many shots? They put up uh, forty nine shots tonight. And they couldn't wow. beat Vasilevsky. Uh, it, it's it, it, he can Vasilevsky continues to just be unbelievable. Uh, by far yep. the best goalie in the NHL right now. Um, yep. Just dominant. And uh, I mean, I, I yeah, it was this was supposed to be, in my opinion, you know, the a, a series I was sort of rooting for Florida in, just based mm. on the you know again I was talking about this with Toronto in the first series where I want these high offense caliber like goal scoring run and gun teams i want them to succeed because i want that to be this type of hockey that that gets promoted and again they just tampa bay just knows how to deal with every single team they come across and they completely shut down that florida offense and make them look like they literally didn't even belong when they were you know a a top team this year that is a great point and i i refer to it parker as the is the um Basically, Tampa showed their old man strength or their their dad strength. Yeah, they've been there, they've done that. You can even think Big Brother Florida's the up and coming team in Florida. Tampa's the the veteran team that's trying to hold them off. And for at least one more year, they certainly did that. Great point about the three goals in four games. I, I never even thought like I knew it was low scoring. I didn't know it was that bad. And uh, it's guys like Corey Perry. Speaking of old man strength, Corey Perry, the veteran who goes one year, two years uh, now, team to team. He's scoring like crazy. Yeah, I think he's five or six now. Like it's you go up and down their lineup. It's not just the Kucherovs and Stamkos. This is with no Braden Point. Like that's how crazy this is. That's how crazy this is. Yeah, yeah. To be missing, you know, a top, you know, you're one of your top players, right? Yeah. Guy who who can who's a who's a first liner on on a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, to be without him and to go in and sweep a team like Florida is is insane. Uh, yep. a team, you know, Florida, Florida lost 18 games in regulation this year, uh, and, and only 24 total, uh, the most teams that only lose 24 games in a season, don't lose four in a row. And, uh, <laughs> and Tampa Bay just, 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 just snuffed them out. They, they just completely, um, it, it was like, I, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to describe it. It was just crazy. Um, yeah. 
especially, you know, there's all the, there's all the talk earlier today about the Florida players, maybe going to the club last night. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that, but no, uh, no rumors circulating that apparently they were out late at the strip club last night before uh, on back-to-back nights. And then like yeah. some NFL uh, sports talk radio guy who's based in Tampa uh, is like my, my sources at these clubs have confirmed this that and and apparently like this guy's reputable <laughs> it's like yeah and they still came out and they they're like well, maybe we got to get some sort of reset they come out and and get, put 49 shots up and still can't score uh which is absolutely uh wild um and a, a series that i was hoping would would go the distance and uh we really didn't totally. uh, didn't see any of that it's funny you bring that up too about not not about the strip club but about the you were talking about how there's like two games a night, except for this series, because there's I think there's a concert in Tampa on Friday night. They had to bump the Friday night game right. to Saturday afternoon. And yes, exactly. A back to back. And uh, before we get going, just because I've never seen a donation this big on this particular channel, Justin. Wow, look at that. He, he even he didn't even do a dollar per year. He actually gave you five bonus dollars. Happy birthday, Parker. Hope it's a great year and have a few drinks and a round of golf on me. Well, there we go. Well, I'll let you address that. That's awesome. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Uh, yeah. That's very kind. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, you guys don't. We don't do this for the for yeah. the for the tips or the or the donations or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but we do appreciate it. Uh, it's very kind. Thank you, Justin. That, awesome, Justin. Thank you. So yeah, uh, this whole th- and then I was looking up. Kucherov has fifteen points. Hedman has ten, and then three guys are tied with eight. Andre Platt makes sense. Steve Samkos certainly makes sense. Ross Colton? That sounds like a guy like from a sitcom. Who's Ross Colton? So you know the uh there was this I, there was this I think it was a few years ago there was a tweet. I think it was Dom Lecision who tweeted it out and he was like every every single year the Pittsburgh Penguins will have some random guy who you've never heard of come out and be a hero. And sure. then he and then he had a tweet and it was like who the f is Brian Rust, right? And it, yes. and, and it's like and it's it's things like that. And now there's this guy Ross Colton, who's you know tw- uh, this 25 year old guy who has only who prior to this season played 30 NHL games last year, in his first year in the NHL, and what? then this this year he had 22 goals, 17 assists, so a, a decent player. Yeah. Uh, and now he's coming in the playoffs and he's got eight points in 11 games. Uh, absolutely crazy. Um, and yeah, the that's the that's the mark of these like outstanding developmental systems, right? Tampa Bay has these new guys come in every year, and that's how you prolong these cap runs, right? You have yes. guys coming in making a million dollars this year, like Ross Colton, putting up eight goals in eleven games in the playoffs and scoring forty points for you during the regular season. Um, which is again, I don't want to just you know. Uh, bash on Abbotsford and Utica, but but that's something yeah. that the Canucks organization hasn't really had, right? These fourth round picks, you know, yeah. save for Adam Gaudet, but he was never at this level um, to come through and and be, you know, sort of a hero and and help propel Tampa Bay farther. Um, those are the mm. kind of players that you need to step up, right? Sort of the yeah. Mikhail Samuelson types, almost, right? Yes. To to come in when you need a guy and and put up a bunch of points on a pretty cheap deal. Yeah, I do like. Uh, yeah, and by the way, did you want to acknowledge uh, maybe acknowledge sure. Lucas's? Uh, yeah, go for it. Thank you uh, very much, Lucas, with the five twenty-five, saying happy birthday. Twenty-five cents is extra because that's your age. Got to take you to a game next season. I do appreciate that, Lucas. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys are much too kind. Yeah, I love what you said about um, 
Yes, thank you, Lucas. I love what you said about the, you know, how these teams always find players. I, uh, I'm looking at um, Tampa Bay on cap friendly. Actually, of their forwards, they're actually a little older than I thought. Of course, uh, Kucherov and Stamkos. Uh, well, no, Kucherov's only 28. Uh, Braden. Oh, never mind. Forget what I said. Kucherov in point, 28, 26. Sorelli, 24. Brandon Hagel, 23. And Colton, 25. So they have five players that are in their 20s still. And then, of course, you have the Palats, Kalorns, and Stamkos of the world. But on D, looking good. They have Sergeyev, Chernek, and Calfoot all in their early 20s. And then Vasquez, he's 27. So they, it's not like they're over the hill. They're not even close to it yet. That's that's scary, man. And they have they have cap certainty, right? They have They have Vasilevsky locked up for four more years after this. They've got mm-hmm. Hedman for three more years after this. Hedman's making under $8 million a year. Yeah. Which is just uh, just ridiculous, right? The only UFAs that they have going into next year, Andre Palat, yeah. who's 31 at this point. Um, I don't think he's going to be getting a big raise from the 5.3 that he already makes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably a pretty good number for him. So that's not, not an increase. Uh, Nick Paul might get a pay bump. Uh, cause he's been pretty mm. good for them, but again, yeah. not like crazy, right? Uh, he had 32 points this season. Uh, yeah. and then on defense, Jan Ruda. So yeah, they have, this team is, <laughs> is going to be around next year as well. Yeah. And the year after that, they have built a roster, which is why we've sort of said, and, and I'd like to drive home. You're not building a team to make the playoffs and then hope you can go on a run because it yep. usually doesn't work, right? You might get in and and kick the tires a little bit and probably get knocked out and then not make it again the next next year, see the 2020 bubble. Um or you can build a team like this, like the Tampa Bay Lightning who will go out um should have like were the absolute favorites get swept in the first round against Columbus, but then they come <laughs> back win two Stanley Cups and are a, a true contender to do it again and there's no yeah. reason why they won't be in the mix again next year. So oh. it is, you know, you that's what you build these teams for because you just got to yeah. win it once. And eventually, if you have a good enough team and a guy like Andre Vasilevsky backstopping you, um, th- that's your best chance that you've got. Parker, I love Quinn Hughes. I know you love Quinn Hughes. We are, we've never had a defenseman like Quinn Hughes for the Canucks. Uh, but for perspective, he makes 7.85 a year. Um, Hedman makes 7875 so the so, same. yeah, and we love Hughes, but Hedman's a beast. Hedman's a beast. Yeah. Uh, one more don- one more donation, by the way. Oh, from Coach uh, Rob. Yeah. Coach Rob, thank you very much. Uh, Five dollars saying uh, Howie Werther from Coach Rob Chan and 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 Charlie Cat. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got a you got a cat uh, donating to you. That's a I do. That's that's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, much appreciated, Rob. Um, I, I do want to say you were mentioning that that Quinn Hughes makes as much as Hedman. Hedman's contract was signed in in 2017, right? Like that was a That's fair. that was a max term deal that got him a lot of cap certainty, and it was you know a 60 million dollar contract basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, he is a heck of a hockey player. <laughs> wow. So I, I know. I guess we we can talk about this as we move on to the next series. So any, uh, you think Florida does any? I mean, what I'm going to say is we can talk about how well Tampa's going to do, but do you think Florida makes any changes or do you think they just ran against a juggernaut, ran up against a juggernaut? Yeah, I don't know what their cap looks like. I could yeah. uh, I could pull it up here really quick. Florida Panthers. Sure. Uh, they've got, I mean, so they brought in Giroux, right? They, they spent a lot on Giroux. Who knows if they might be able to get him to come back, but they might have mm-hmm. to have to pay up there. 
Um, no other significant UFAs up front, really. Um, you know, Nola Chari, but that's sort of the the, the top of their list. Um, yep. On the defensive side, again, nothing huge, right? Like Ben Sherratt, okay. Marcus Nudavara, uh, no crucial, crucial guys. But, you know, this is still a team that's paying Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million a year, right? Yep. That's that. But for them to have pulled off, you know, 58 wins, paying a goalie that much money, uh, yep. is, uh, is very impressive, Especially you know, he's Broski is good this year. Um, but I, again, I, I think you've built a team that that's going to have, um, a decent shot. I, I, I'd have, I see no reason not to really run it back. Yeah. Uh, again, you're just, you're out Giroux, but I, I, you didn't have them all regular season and, and you built a team that was, was really powerful and you got swept. Tampa Bay did the yeah. same thing a couple of years ago, right? There, there is yeah. a bit of a blueprint there. So if I'm Florida, I think there's no reason to make any dramatic changes. You have a fantastic team. Maybe they focus uh, on their trade deadline acquisitions being a little bit bigger and tougher and whatever they think the problem might be, but they ran to a hot goalie. The problem yeah. is they're going to keep running into that goalie. And yes. so they're going to have to find a way uh, to solve <laughs> Vasilevsky. You make a fascinating point, Parker. Last and then we can move on. But uh, Brabowski, ten million. Spencer Knight, nine fifty or nine twenty-five. The Canucks half of that next year. Demko five million yeah. as opposed to Brabowski's ten, and Spencer Martin seven sixty-three as opposed to nine fifty. So you're getting yeah, basically I'd say equivalent goaltending for half the cost, and every dollar counts, especially for our Van- beloved Vancouver Canucks. Absolutely. Yep um what's the next series we want to touch well on? let's we'll stay in the east because basically tampa is now sitting there licking their chops waiting for the winner of carolina and the rangers and this to me is the least least intriguing series of the four yeah. for me i agree um yeah. carolina goes out and wins the first two games of this yeah. one um and I don't even remember how they happened because it's been like the least interesting one to me. Uh, Carolina beats the Rangers 2-1 in overtime in game mm-hmm. one. Um, and then they they win 2-0 uh, in the second game. I think it was Ronta in... Uh, was it Ronta in both of those? I think it was. Uh, yeah. So he's been playing fantastic for them. Yeah. Uh, and then going into... Um, this uh this third game which i have now lost my my window that i had it open here it is um <laughs> the rangers take it uh three to one again ronda yeah. doing fine right uh stopping 30 of 32 uh but the rangers finally are able to score uh and mm. you know, scoring one goal in the first two games they get a couple but tyler mott won it so that's like the only highlight of this series so far for me it's two <laughs> teams i i don't care about that much um yeah there neither team is super exciting uh in the way that uh, a colorado is or tampa or florida uh or yeah. that battle of alberta right those all have some sort of exciting storyline or, or fast-paced high-flying team these are more just sort of two teams that are just going to tough it out and whichever one comes out probably doesn't make it through the third round anyways yeah um, so this one just hasn't caught my interest all that much yeah carolina you know i I guess in Carolina, I enjoy watching to a certain extent, Sveshnikov and Aho, and I think, you know, even Teravainen a little bit. And so I, I think they're at least like good players there. With with New York, there's Adam Fox, and then there's like some old guys like Kreider and 
I always get these guys. It's Zabinajad, right? He plays with Rangers. Zuccarello plays for Minnesota. Is that right? I, I always get them mixed up, the two Zeds. Anyways, yeah, I right. just go to say, I don't know the Rangers that well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Shesterkin's been good. Yeah. He's been, he's been the best player for the Rangers, at least in this series. And it just hasn't been enough. Um, again, I'm just hoping I'm, I'm hoping for game seven that mm-hmm. then I'll start to be interested in this series that when we start getting down to those elimination do or die games. Uh, yeah. but so far these have been, uh, the, the farthest off my radar. Yeah. And, it, and Cody, the, totally fair. Cody's saying you guys underestimate or underrate Carolina a bit too much. Not saying they beat Tampa Bay. Well, I think it's, we can still give proper respect to Carolina and say though, that it hasn't been uh, an exciting series or that we're less, invested like um so I'm, I'm not i'm not getting defensive at your comment but I, I think we can we can say that carolina should beat the rangers we can say that we're not as interested in the series and we can say well at least we think that tampa will will still beat them i, I think that's those things are all fair yeah and it's not that it's not that we're saying um oh carolina is not that good i i'm more along the line of yeah good luck against tampa right i yeah. think uh, i think tampa bay is is just uh, firing on all cylinders right now. It, it's nothing against Carolina. I like them a lot. Uh, however, they underperformed last year in the playoffs, which had me a little skeptical of them. Uh, and then seeing, you know, they're they're not again super uh, catching my interest here. And but I'm seeing Tampa Bay and the way they're playing, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I have trouble seeing many teams stopping them, except for maybe a Colorado. Maybe yeah. Calgary if if their defense and Markstrom get everything together, but uh, I'm struggling to see many other teams give them a uh, give them a, a much of a hard time. Totally fair, totally fair. And let's let's put up Lucas's second donation, and then we'll make sure it's the first question we ask coming out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a good topic, considering it kind of factors in the current teams playing as well. Canucks, Calgary HLT moving to Calgary, Abbotsford to get a new geographer. Yes, we will talk about that, Lucas. So we'll end off by talking about the Battle of Alberta which will segue into that. So let's move on. Or can we move on from, from that division? Is that okay, Parker? Yep. Let's go to the West. All right. Uh, Colorado, St. Louis. Yes. Colorado, St. Louis. This has been a fiery one. Um, <laughs> and it has been, it has been good. Uh, it's been a, a great series so far, albeit not one that is extremely competitive. Uh, I think we both had Colorado in five. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So we both had Colorado in five, which is looking pretty good. We'll see how yeah. that uh, how that turns out on Wednesday. But um, it looked tight at first. Colorado beats St. Louis three two in overtime. St. Louis answers two nights later four one, uh, and then Colorado takes game three five to two, mm. um, and this is where the drama starts. Right? Jordan Bennington had had come in for St. Louis, um, has been his former Jordan Bennington self, and then he gets hurt. And he gets hurt by Nazem Kadri, and the thought and it, initially you see okay, there Jordan Bennington got hurt by Nazem Kadri. Well, mm-hmm. a few without if before you even see the play, a few things pop into my mind. I go, okay, did Bennington do something dumb? Because right, right. he tends to. Did Kadri do something dumb? Because he tends to. Uh, turns out neither of those things are what happened. Um, yeah. uh, sort of a weird play, Kadri driving the net. Um, gets bumped into Bennington. I don't think he's trying to, you know, crash into him or anything. And I think most of the discourse has has been in that uh, in that camp that uh, it's it's basically one group of fans that are saying that that Kadri, you know, the people who are saying, oh, well, just look at Kadri's history. Yeah, and, but you know, 
yeah, he has a bad history, but you can't take something yeah. that wasn't intentional and, and apply it there, right? Yes, uh, yes. If it was intentional, then yes, you take that history and you stack up this the severity of the punishment for it, but you don't punish something that was unintentional because he has the history, because he's already paid that time. Um, so it ends up taking out Bennington completely. They go and sort of run the score up on Huso, um, mm. which is unfortunate for Huso because he was really good for them in the regular season and now he's really struggling. But it is yeah. against Colorado, so like, yeah, you're gonna suffer, uh, you're gonna struggle a little bit. Um, and then over the weekend with um, with the Cadre incident, um, Cadre, you know, sort of comes out and says, uh, you know, it was obviously it wasn't intentional. Um, yep. Craig Berube, the uh, St. Louis coach, was like, yeah, just look at his reputation. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, he's not helping all that much. And then you start getting um, some some racist comments, some death threats coming out of the St. Louis fan base, hmm. uh, which is bad enough. And then you have, obviously, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, the NHL, they're all, like, condemning this stuff and working with the police. And then Berube today gets asked about it, and he says no comment. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, well, condemn condemn the death threats craig baruby it's not a high bar um i think i i saw a tweet don't remember who it was um but shout out whoever it was uh said you could uh you could put a limbo bar six inches above craig baruby's head and he'd still walk into it or something like that like it, it was such an it was such a, a slam dunk easy question uh and yeah. he says no comment to it so that's a bad look uh and then nazi Nazem Kadri decides I'm not going to, I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, this sucks to, to be in this scenario, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go score a hat trick tonight. And, uh, and he taunts the fans a little bit. Uh, Ron McLean with some pretty bad takes on, uh, on the intermission saying like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that to fans and all this stuff. I was like, well, I might do the same thing if they were threatening to kill me and, and saying things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But but he he let his action speak for it. Uh, scores three goals. Did uh, did you see the? Did you see? So there was a there was a a bit of a scrum at center ice where okay. where uh, Kadri and Perron the angles really tight that the that the replay showed and you can only really see Kadri and it looks like he skates into Perron uh, and sort of gives him a shove. But it's also you can't tell if Perron was also moving. It looked to me like both of them came together and like gave each other a shove and. You know, maybe Kadri initiated a bit, but it's a it's a it's a playoff game after the whistle, a, a shove, right? It's not it's it's not cool in the regular season. You might even get a penalty for it, but in the playoffs, it's it's something that happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Peron and some other, I think it was Buchnevich, maybe, uh, both just go after Kadri and and knock him <laughs> over a couple cross checks. Uh, and then Peron dives on Kadri on the ice and tries to like throw some punches there. They both get penalties. Both of the St. Louis players, five on three power play for two minutes for Colorado. Caudry scores about three seconds after the power plays end as mm. they're skating, as Perron's trying to get back into the play. And so Caudry shoots and scores. Keep in mind, the penalty boxes are behind him. And as he turns around to look at the crowd and start celebrating, he turns and Perron is right here coming at him and he sort of ducks him completely dodges him as Perron throws the elbow up and misses. And uh, it was a, it was a bad look uh, for Perron. Um, but uh, yeah, an excellent game for Nazem Kadri, who normally I'm not a big fan of based yeah. on, you know, his history, but 
in this scenario, he's uh, he's turning himself into sort of the perfect heel um, yeah. in a good way uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. Oh, thank you for explaining that. Yeah, I just saw your tweet actually about that uh, that uh, flailing elbow from uh, Dexter Get his favorite player, uh, googly-eyed David Perron. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's crazy. Kaji, I remember. I, I don't like him either. I remember the, the day he elbowed Daniel Sedin in that crazy game, uh, Toronto and Vancouver back in the day in Toronto. But uh, all to say, yeah, to, to take out Bennington unintentionally, but in a, in a hockey play, in game three and then to basically be the difference maker in game four that that's what that's what big time players do honestly parker that's 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 what they do um so yeah, he's, whether he's given me yeah. he's given me a bit of brad marchand vibes here where totally I, I i really dislike the way he plays at times and he's got a bad history but when he turns it on he is a really good hockey player that knows how to make the other team angry and draw yep. penalties and, and do all that stuff and um yep. you know he's a he's a player that's that's easy to hate on a bit but yeah he can he can uh, walk the walk if he needs to wow so you think st louis has a chance in this one nah colorado's just they're too strong um their their only real shot is is having phenomenal goaltending i mean you look at the shots in this game right 37 to 20 in favor of colorado mm. just tonight only mm. Uh, it was it was just a, a dominant game for them. Even then, you know, St. Louis scores three goals on on twenty shots. Not a great night for Kemper, um, mm -hmm. but Colorado scores six on on thirty seven, and and they're doing just fine as well. Um, <laughs> it, I they're they're just too they're too strong, especially yeah. when when Kadri's performing because it's like okay, yeah, throw them onto the pile of players that are that are too good to deal with. Um, yeah. I saw I think it was confirmation. Uh, a compilation just like four clips from uh i think it was dimitri uh flipovich that he put on twitter of, of just kale mccarr's breakouts from this game oh. and it's it's just it's 30 seconds of just your jaw being on the floor of him mm. just walking around people uh going out of his zone into the other zone immediate scoring chances every single time and uh the, like players like that it's it's too hard to stop uh, i think yep. they i think they put this away in the next game if not by game six no yep. um and they'll get hopefully for them some uh, some rest before they face their alberta opponent yeah and uh, as we've kind of both hinted at we're kind of angling towards a colorado tampa final but we we have a few weeks to talk about that okay let's talk about this this war of attrition this battle of alberta what a crazy <laughs> it's crazy I can't believe I can't believe that in game one in a nine six loss because one or two of those were empty netters that Calgary uh, that actually Edmonton had the better save percentage. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that is uh, it is wild. Shots were 48 28 and there were 15 goals scored in game one. And th this one was wild, too, because I because Calgary scores twice in the first minute. Yeah, it's it's five one six minutes into the second period. And, it, yeah. and then the, at some point it was six, six. Yeah. So they blew a five, one lead somehow. And then the third period, they just scored three more and said, it's fine. We'll just win it. We're, we're yeah, good. We're good. We're good. We're um, good. So goaltending hasn't been great, right? We have a mm. nine, six, uh, we have a five, three, and then a four, one. So uh, Calgary took game one in wild fashion. Edmonton has taken the previous two games, five, three, and four, one. 
um, with guys like Evander Kane and, and Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's just just silly. I mean, that second game, he has that one goal disallowed, goes out next shift and scores a prettier one, um, <laughs> and and they win that game too. And um, this is a series that I thought the Flames had all the way. Um, yep. just because they, they have been this stout defensive team. That's tough to play against, uh, right now that they, they're not that right. They've allowed, uh, they allowed six goals in the first game, five in the second and four in the third. So that's what a, a total of 15 goals against in, yeah. the, in these three games. Uh, that's, that's not good enough that the way that this team was built to win was defensive depth, shutting teams down. Uh, and the way Edmonton was built to win was we're going to score a ton of goals. And yeah. currently that Edmonton strategy is winning, but uh, this is still one that could go either way. What are, I know a lot of people are speculating that Markstrom's hurt. And back in the day when uh, two summers ago, when we had a choice to keep Demko or Markstrom because we knew that the Seattle expansion draft was coming. Yeah. Everyone knew that they were angling towards Demko, especially coming off the bubble performance against Vegas. We knew he was going to be cheaper, all those things. And still, it was still, even though we knew we were going to lose one of those goaltenders, it was tough because that it, you pile that on with the Tanev and Stetcher and Toffoli all leaving. That was a really rough off season. And I'm not saying that anyone's taking delight in seeing Markstrom struggle a little bit, but it's, it's quite jarring to me, uh, Parker, because he had such a great regular season, including all those shutouts. And I want, I don't like Calgary as you know, but I, I don't, I, I want Markstrom to do relatively well. And uh, it, it's jarring. That's the word I'm using. It's jarring to see how, how poorly he's playing. I get it. It's McDavid. It's Kane. It's Drysdale. But still, he, he doesn't look right. Yeah, it, it is an issue. Um, you know, he yeah. gets pulled. Uh, he gets pulled in the last game. Uh, in uh, after after two periods. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you do have to wonder. You know, he's he's played a lot of hockey. Um, yeah. You know, he played. It didn't feel like he like I felt like Vladar played a lot this year. Markstrom mm -hmm. played, uh, he started 63 games this yeah, year in lot. the regular season, right? Only 19 that he wasn't a part of. Uh, yeah. So he has now played 73 hockey games this year. Uh, as a goalie, that's tough, right? Yes. Um, maybe not as tough as on some teams. If he was playing for the Canucks, it would probably be a lot worse uh, without <laughs> that, that defense that they have uh, in Calgary. Uh, and he was really good this year, right? 922 save percentage, nine shutouts. In the playoffs so far, he's got a 9-12, which is still good, and he was great yeah. in the first round. But the problem is now he's up, uh, he's up against Edmonton, and he's not having those, uh, those put the team on his back, you know, shutout performances basically, or or allowing one right. goal. Um, could it be fatigue, injury? Sure. Could it just be a slump? Right? Is he just having mm -hmm. a few bad games like every single player in the league does? It would be a bad time for that to happen, but he really didn't have any of those in the regular season. Uh, so yeah. it is, uh, it is, it's tough to discern. Uh, I'm yeah. sure it's one of those things that, you know, it's one of those things that two days after they get eliminated, you'll hear like, Oh, he, he had a broken leg or something like that. that they'll <laughs> talk about in the, in the wrap up press conferences. But, um, yeah, uh, at yeah. least, at least Edmonton's goalies aren't doing that great either. Although Smith has had a couple of ex excellent games and a couple of terrible right. ones as well. And yeah, and perfect. Great segue, Parker. I, I, let's talk about the Edmonton goalie who got run over by Milan Lucic. Now, <laughs> some guys were saying, including Daryl Sutter, that Lucic didn't run him. He's just, that's how he skates. And as a very not great roller hockey skater, although I have, I have goals in consecutive games, I think the goalies are giving me a chance. But regardless, that's not about me. I skate pretty poorly. I don't stop well. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Do you buy that? That that's how Lucci's just skating, and he wasn't trying to hit him. I do. I need to. I have the video here. I'm gonna. I'm just yeah. gonna quickly. I'm gonna quickly sure. watch it again because I don't remember the yeah. exact like exactly what it looked like. Uh, so Lucci comes in sure. a few strides, comes across the hash marks. No more strides. Looks like he's trying to cut around the net and fails the cut part because Smith is turning. Yeah. It looks like he it looks like he really tried to stop in a really in the wrong way. He's tried to stop way late and he yeah. sh- and he was trying to cut around the net and he didn't cut very well. But these are pro NHL players. If you're the worst skater in the NHL, yeah. that's a that's a play you should be able to make. Um, but to I me, also it's one think of those things where yeah. he could have done a better job. Uh, sure. Of it. Um, and I think he was quoted as saying, like, if I was actually charging, neither of us would be playing in the next game. Yeah. Right. Uh, saying he would have been suspended and, uh, yeah. and Smith would be done. So I think uh, it's one of those things where he probably failed to cut out of the way and it was unfortunate. But I, I don't think he's trying to run the goalie behind the net. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I'm not in the business, Parker, of defending Milan Lucic, but. Uh, and Smith is a big guy. So I think if Lucic wanted to hit him, wanted to hurt him, wanted to charge him, kind of like what he was intimating, mm-hmm. I think he would have hit him a lot harder. I really do. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't look great, but uh, and I'm not defending him. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was egregious at all, quite frankly. But yeah, I think it's know. it's not great. I think you, I, look, I think the onus is on Milan Lucic to not do mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't think he was trying to run the goalie over because I, I, it's a real if he's trying to make a hit, it's a really awkward one where he goes sort of legs first into him. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it would have been a lot worse if he, you know, threw the shoulder into him and yeah, and gave him a good hit. But um, you know, yeah. goalie's looking the other way, he fails the cut, sort of runs him over. But yeah, he has to do a better job of getting out of the way. Um, yeah. you know, he got he got the game for it. Uh, I think that's about all you'll see, uh, especially in a playoff matchup, right? I, I wouldn't have expected him yeah. to get anything else. So um right. Yeah, yeah, it, it it sucks for for Mike Smith, but you know it was more unfortunate yeah. than anything. And just before we open it up, and we'll start with Lucas's question about the Abbots about the Calgary affiliate. Did you see the hit uh, by that St. Louis guy on Gerard? Knocked him out of the playoffs. Uh, broke, I did. Sternum, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw it a couple of days ago. I don't remember exactly what it looked like, but I remember not barb- thinking it was it wasn't bad. It was it wasn't a yeah, bad barb- hit. Barbashev or something, right? The guy, Maybe. the St. Louis guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Plastered it was, him. and even Bednar said, um, the other day, uh, cause it, after the, after the Caudry Bennington incident, he's like, that yeah. was an unfortunate play. Just like the Gerard hit was an unfortunate play. Oh, right. Like he, okay. he even said, he's like, look, I like, that was clearly not intentional and a bad result. Just like what we, what we just had happen to us. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. um, very, uh, diplomatic from, yeah. uh, from Bednar. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, it, I don't think it was uh, agreed. I think it was a fine hit. Gerard's yeah. a smaller guy, bad result, uh, yeah. which just happens sometimes. Bednar and Berube, a tale of two different coaches, eh? In the way that they address things in the yeah. media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guess which one I like more. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. This is perfect. So we, we saved 15 minutes that we actually did a good job today with our timing. 15 minutes for viewer questions. Unless Parker, you have anything else you want to add about the current? No, we're good. 
I'm good. Let's jump into Lucas's uh, Lucas's question here. Yes. Um. So Calgary's AHL team is moving to Calgary. I didn't know this. I think they were in Stockton, California Correct. before. Um, it is the it's the end of the California division era, I guess, where mm-hmm. every single they were all in California, uh, with yeah. with the team and outs for the team in Calgary. Um, little less convenient. I would think than than Abbotsford is um, being yeah. in Calgary. You know the bus trips are a little farther and and things like that. But uh, it shows that more money's being invested in the AHL uh, from these sides, right? Uh, Calgary clearly thinks they can get some money out of this, right? Just mm-hmm. like how Abbotsford is going to make the the Canuck, Canuck Sports Entertainment is going to make more money from the team being in Abbotsford than the team being in Utica. Same thing for Calgary here, right? I don't know. I don't think Stockton is selling out. Um, you know, heat versus goals games uh, very often. <laughs> so uh, probably a good economic move for them, a good business move. Um, yeah. You know, we we've seen the, you know, there was the slight downside in travel, but if, if they're willing to pay for flights instead of, instead of the bus, then, then that sort of negates that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be huge on, on sort of a geographic rivalry, maybe a little bit, Um but again, I think it's uh, it's still a small enough market that we're not going to have. Uh, I think the Vancouver Calgary mar- uh, rivalry is going to be more dramatic than the Abbotsford Calgary uh, rivalry. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the bigger part of the story, Parker, and you you alluded to this is the fact that Calgary is going to now uh, reap some of the benefits advantages uh, that we saw this year in, in terms of everything from aligning marketing, aligning. Uh, you know, identity and the simple quick call-ups and, and send down. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good move for Calgary. We know how weird it was uh, what, going to Abbotsford heat games here uh, a few years ago when that was the Calgary team. So um, we'll see how this goes, but um, I guess it's a good. Move. I, I, Lucas mentioned, um, I saw him mention that I guess it's only the Edmonton Oilers. Are they biggest real con- condor still? Are they, is that their team? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So they got one more. Uh, they're the only Canadian based team now with their or Western Canadian team with their, affiliate in the state still so right. we'll see if that and, changes and yeah. seattle being in coachella valley as well right they're based right, right. Seattle, obviously not canadian but yeah. as close as you can get uh and and they're uh they're also still in california they're brand new team of which i have a hat but i don't know oh 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 am i am i betraying our team with my no, no, coachella that... valley firebirds hat oh that's, uh, that's cool <laughs> it is a cool hat um, I had a family member in, in Palm Springs a while back and they, Love. they picked this up. So no, I like um, it. That's my one, like my it. one piece of betrayal. Oh, that's fine. We, we'll forgive you. It's your birthday. And I'm not a hat guy. I think I told you I, I wear one. I look like I'm six years old and, and that's not a compliment. Jaskerin says, would the Leafs have won if they got through Tampa? I think the winner of the second round from the Eastern Conference will be the winner of the cup. Okay. So the first part, you, you think that they would take, um, you know, at least, yeah. I will. If would at least one if they got through Tampa, would Toronto beat Florida? The way Florida is so. playing, maybe. Yeah, I think so too. T- Toronto played well. I, I, they yeah. weren't. They. It's not. You know, they they had a three-two lead in that series, and the lead in the third period of Game Six. Right? They lost. They lost Game Six in overtime, yep. and then lost a one-goal game in Game Seven. Um, yeah. that could have gone either way. Toronto and Tampa were basically as evenly matched as you, as it gets. And that's why it was such a good series. Um, mm-hmm. if Florida showed up the way that they did this week, uh, again, the, the, the caveat is that Vasilevsky turned his game up too. Um, then yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that the Toronto 
would have had a had a decent shot to get through Florida. I think their confidence level would have been huge getting through Tampa, breaking that first round curse. Um, that they would have been mm-hmm. a, a scary team. Uh, and and they're a team that I had. I, I had them if they beat Tampa Bay. I had them going pretty far because uh, yeah. I think Tampa Bay was the toughest opponent for them that was available. Yeah. Right? Excuse me. And, yes. Uh, yeah. They're that's why they're <laughs> that's why it was so unfortunate that that was a round one matchup. And Jasper, the way you worded, I think what you're saying is whoever came out of that division, Tampa, Toronto, Florida, would win the cup, or at least get to the cup. Yeah, we we agree that they'll beat the winner of Carolina, the Rangers, for sure. I, I love uh, uh so Jarhead's question. I, I like actually. Let's go to Dexter's first because uh, I've heard this because I, I listened to Jeff Merrick on my way to work because I never get there by nine, so I listened to the first ten minutes. Thoughts on Jeff Merrick linking Philip Forsberg to the Canucks? Philip Forsberg. Free agent UFA, he had a cap hit of six million dollars. I love Forsberg. I've taken him in every single fantasy league pool that I can. Six million dollars though, and he's how old is he? Thirty. He's twenty-seven no, years old. Twenty-seven years old. Turning twenty-eight. He'll be twenty-eight going into next year. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> yeah. How realistic those, is it though? Yeah. It's uh, he's a very good hockey player. Uh, Eighty-four mm-hmm. points this year. He had his he had his career high. Um, in just 69 games, uh, 42 yeah. goals, 42 assists, phenomenal hockey player. Um, sort of his entire career has hovered around 50 to 60 points, uh, which is a great yeah. piece to have contract year. He really, uh, he really turned it up a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I don't know what the price range would be or, or the term. I, I haven't yeah. looked into this all that much. Um, but the Canucks, not like the Canucks have a ton of cap space, but man, that would be a player that you'd love to have, right? I, I'm sure, I'm sure if you are Philip Forsberg and you're looking to move, Vancouver's probably decently high up on that on that list, right? Just the Swedish thing and playing with Elias Pettersson's probably a decent uh, a decent uh, thing as well. Um, yeah, he's a guy mm-hmm. I absolutely love to have on on the team. Um, yeah, but I don't really, I I, I don't see it happening. But I would, yeah. I would be le- happy. Oh, that was a loud motorcycle. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, because I know you're high up. It's so, and you're not making that move unless you're making a move, get let, letting go of at least one other Ford. You know, it's interesting. JT Miller is a comparable. Miller has turned 29, where Forsberg will turn 28 in a couple of months. So the, Miller's one year older, technically making 750 grand less last uh, next year. But then after that, who knows? And if people are saying that. Miller's going to want seven and a half or eight, for instance. And if they're saying that Forsberg stays at six or six and a half, although I, he was, he's going to want more, right? If he if he just had an yeah. 84 point season, yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, it's the same. It's going to be relatively the same money, relatively. If it was going to be same money, same years, I'm taking JT Miller. Yeah. If it's if it's going to be, if Philip Forsberg is a little bit cheaper and shorter term is the key there, I think. Um, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Let's say you have the option of so you have to you have to keep let's say you have to keep one of them or get rid of the other same money same term mm-hmm. um you can keep jt miller mm-hmm. and then philip forsberg goes to some other team mm-hmm. or you could sign philip forsberg and trade jt miller for a bunch of other stuff keep in yeah. mind that jt miller contract also wouldn't kick in for another year right so jt miller is one year older and the contract will kick one year later. So the two-year age gap, basically, on the on that uh, contract end date. Um, yep. You're getting... So do you want, for the same money, potentially, and I think it might even be a little less, do you yep. want JT Miller 
or Philip Forsberg and all the stuff JT Miller would get you in a trade. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we that's, put it that way. I, yeah. That's why I'd sort of lean that direction. Right. Um, yeah. As long as that contract isn't going to be an anchor in the future, which you never know. Yeah. Yep. Excellent points. We shall see. I know there's a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of JT Miller talk, but after Brock Besser talk. So I, someone asked about Besser. I think it was right after that. Um, Edmund, are you surprised? No news about up. Sorry. Start again. 10 47 PM. Are you surprised? No news up front about Besser's contract negotiation. You know, it's really funny. Parker, when I read that on one hand, things seem to leak out from this. I don't know if it's intentional or not. It was Bruce Brujo actually kind of letting it slip on a podcast that uh, Scott Walker wasn't coming back. And then two days later, it's made official. So we've heard a couple of those things. Rutherford's not afraid, as you know, uh, to talk in the media, to talk very, and it's not like he's trying to be, uh, you know, a newsbreaker or, or salacious. And he's just very transparent, very, and he, he believes so much in the way he does things that he's, he's pretty confident in how transparent he is. But this is one that I do think uh, for all, for all the, the good of all, parties especially what we saw Besser go through at the end of the season with his personal life um i think they're gonna really try and keep this professional and keep it tight lip that's probably why we haven't heard much or they haven't done anything yet and that's gonna be the priority over the next couple weeks yeah the season i mean their season ended a few weeks ago yeah Uh, i I, and you know players usually you know take a few weeks go on vacation right yeah um you know i it's an important thing that has to happen but it, it was one of those things that can wait, right? Uh, especially if you're in Brock Besser's camp. You, the pressure is yeah. not on, on Besser's camp here. Pressure is on the Canucks uh, with yep. that QO coming up, right? They're going to have to – they have to be the the aggressor in this scenario, right? They have to lead the charge. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things they're probably taking their time on. They have time, right? They've got, mm-hmm. what, a month and a half, uh, just over a month to, to figure that out. Uh, I'm sure that's – yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's something that's being worked on, maybe internally before they present an offer. Um, but I, I don't think there's, uh, they're probably not super deep in the process yet. Yeah, yeah. Jarhead back at 1045 says, would you rather lose game seven in the first round or get swept in the second round? Well, the second round gets you $2 million of uh, of home, you know, playoff revenue, if, if you say a million. Uh, so is that worth it, Parker? The extra two million dollars for the owner. So, so are we saying that they lose Game Seven in the first round, or they win Game Seven in the first round, they get swept in the second round? Yes, yes. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you want the the second one? Because what's the I downside? Think... The sweep sucks, Let's... but winning Game Seven's fun, right? That's awesome. Unless that's maybe fun, you don't win Game Seven, fun... maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a fun. That's a fun weekend, at least after the after Game Seven, where everyone's partying that they they won that game. Yeah. yeah, no, you you definitely you you make it to the second round. That's I guess yes. Maybe you get a slightly worse draft pick from it, but I don't right. know. That's I I'm taking I'm taking a series win wherever I can get it. Me too. Me too. Me too. Now, if the question was, would you rather finish out of a playoff spot or get swept in the first round? Because then you have a worse draft position. You get a couple million dollars of of home revenue but you're actually worse off in the draft and you haven't advanced anything. Would you take still take the playoff chance? Depends on how they missed the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's fair. <laughs> if they, if, if they, if they were, a, if it's being a really good team getting swept in the first round, then it's like, okay, well, at least we had a good team. If it's, you know, you missed by one point, it's like, ah, man, I wish we got in there and at least could have seen. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, 
Yeah. yeah. Would you rather be basically Nashville or Vancouver? After, yeah. Like during this, like have that have the season in that way. Does it really matter? Great point. Nashville would have yeah. been would have been fun at least a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I like uh, Justin's. Who's your early con Smythe winner? based on what you've seen and based on who you see in the cup finals. So it's funny. He says, mine is Vassier McCarthy. This from 1047. If we're both saying Parker, that it will be Colorado versus Tampa in the final. Yeah. Then those would be good picks. And especially Vasilevsky. I wouldn't have said that after the first round because he had a couple rough outings against Toronto, but he obviously, as we talked about, he shut the door on the very highly explosive Florida Panthers and McCarr still doing great things, as you mentioned, but has slowed down a little bit as other guys like Kadri have picked up the, the, the pace. So we're not even halfway done the playoffs yet. And I, well, I guess Tampa's halfway done. So we'll see. But I think those are two good picks if, if those are the two teams that make it for sure. Yeah. If it is Tampa, Colorado, it'll be Vasilevsky if Tampa wins. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I agree. I, unless that, unless for some reason every game in the Stanley Cup finals a 5 4 game or something like that. <laughs> That'd um, be fun. Which is, which is possible if it was against Colorado, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Colorado has, has a ton of candidates it could be. Right. They mm-hmm. they have so many, so many good players that, you know, could just light up, you know, was was McKinnon at McKinnon's at nine points nine. in seven games. That's yep. not bad. Right. Yep. Um, McCarr has 11 points in seven games. So probably the front runner at this point. But there's still, you know, uh, at least one more game to go in this series and then two more full series to go after that, where um you know, what if, what if Nazem Kadri keeps scoring a hat trick every series, right? Like then, yeah. then it flips that way. But uh, I think early pick. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think uh, those two are probably the right, the right call. <laughs> I love YouTubers question from 1047. Would you rather win a cup with a team full of vile players or not make the playoffs with a team full of nice guys? <laughs> it depends on how you define vile players. <laughs> if we're talking about players that are, well, let's think about former Canucks, right? Let's think Rafi Torres, for example, yeah. right? Matt if Cook, that's your level yeah. of vile and, and Matt Cook, if that's your level yeah. of vile, then yeah, I'd go that route. If it's if it's worse than that, then probably then I don't that's not the the team that I want to be cheering for necessarily. Yeah. Um yeah. so that's if if it's if it's on ice issues, right? Guys, you yeah. know, like you know, Brad Marchand being a, a rat or things yeah. like that then that's yeah that's that's fine uh yeah. but if it's if it's off ice stuff that's you know yeah more more bad in nature then uh that's not who i want on my team that's actually a really good uh line to draw because i think we'd both agree that if we had a, t- a first line of kadri marshan and someone else we'd be loving it because there are guys and oh, we'd yeah. say no one else yeah no one else can can match up with us and look at us but as long as it, you're right, it stays on the ice and it, you can go over the line. Like, we had guys like that in Burroughs and Kessler. People hated them. Then yeah. we loved them here. We loved them here. We were still talking about them to this day. But yes, if it was off the ice and 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 stuff like law bending or anything like that, then yeah. I think that's a different category for sure. But you gotta yeah. you gotta take the cup if you can get one uh, within reason for sure for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's ten fifty nine. Any other ones you're seeing here? Yeah, let's get one more to get over the 11 o'clock mark just so we can say we went for an hour. Not just so we can say that. It is 11 o'clock now, but we can take one more. <laughs> uh, I've chosen them all. You you, you pick one, birthday boy. Uh, but that's that's tough. Yeah. So now I have to yeah. find one. That's true. Um, 
you look too because i'm i'm okay, struggling here i'm looking i'm looking uh <laughs> there's more rhetorical questions let's do a real one oh some kids talking about the i mean some kids some people talking about a hundred meter race oh okay no you go ahead what i didn't have one why are you telling oh, me okay. to go ahead Maybe it's a good play to... Oh, okay. I got one. I got one. Joshua Alec from 1056. I heard New Jersey willing to trade the second overall pick. Would you trade Miller for that pick? And would the Devils think that's a fair trade? And we all know the history with the Canucks and Devils with Bull. Miller for a second overall. That's second little... overall. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know who the... I don't know who these players are yet. <laughs> yeah. It's... It's based... Some people are saying it's going to be one of the two right-shot uh, European defensemen. Again, I don't know any names. So, um, and there's a couple other guys, obviously not Shane Wright. Yeah. So, like, Nimic, Nimic. That yeah, that guy. Is? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't Second. know. I, I think I want some more, but I don't think New Jersey would give up more. But second, second like, overall just, picks big. It is. Just that we don't know any of these guys. That's so tricky because Miller is an established 29-year-old or 28-year-old veteran versus a guy who might not play for a couple. That's so tricky. Yeah. If uh, if you give me a 10-minute compilation of this player's highlights, then I will probably yep. say yes because I, I do that and I see them play. I'm like, oh, I want that guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's uh, That's a very tricky one. Because I think we could build we could build our arguments for both sides why they would say no. Because I think you could easily say... The Canucks, um, they don't want that second. Well, it's funny to say that, but they they might want to not wait that long, not be as patient. They see JT Miller. They want more for that. You could see New Jersey saying, this is a second overall pick. This is a very, very, look at all the second overall picks in the past that have done really well. So I could see either team making an argument, but I can also see depending on where you are in your development, where you are in your cycle, your rebuilding, your all those things. So it's not as, I love those type of questions, but I think it's, it's uh, it, that's a tricky one to answer actually. Yeah. Um, it really is. Yeah, I have to think about that one. Yeah, I need to watch. I don't think highlight. I do. It. If I'm the Devils, I don't think I do it. I, I, I think no. I don't there's think so just either. a cachet. There's a cachet with second overall pick. I yeah. think you need more if you're New Jersey. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's do let's do a fun exercise before we wrap up here. Okay. Um, let's go back to some drafts. I'm gonna pull up the last. I'm gonna pull up five. I'm gonna pull up six drafts. Sure. Uh, starting at 2020. Uh, yep. 2020 is too recent. 2019. Uh, Kako was the second overall pick. That wasn't, it's not great so far, right? 58 points in 157 games. Um, 2018, Andrei Svechnikov, pretty good player. Yeah, um, I'm doing that one. 2017, Nolan Patrick, not the best, but at least Pedersen was yeah. on the board. Cam McCarr was on the board at that time. Yep. Uh, yep. 2016, Patrick Line, not a bad player. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Eichel the year before um, pulling up three more just for good measure. Sam yeah. Reinhart, Alex Barkov, Ryan Murray. <laughs> okay. Uh, so decent it's hit, hit or miss. It's, yep, yeah. It is hit or miss at that point, but even the misses are solid NHL players, uh, yep. but the hits are guys like Patrick line. But I, I, Bar- from what I've Barkov. heard, this isn't that level of, uh, this isn't that level of draft class, but who knows? I, uh, yeah, actually, that's a really good point too. Because w- now that you've listed all those guys, the Barkovs and the Lineys of the world, I would suggest, um, and those guys obviously are all younger than Miller. They could easily, 
uh, and Barkov's already passed him. So remember how long it took Miller to get to where he is. So having said all that, though, if you do not think that this draft class is deep and you don't see guys at that potential, yeah, I still think if I had to pick one, though, I think New Jersey says no. I, if I have to pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question, though. Really good question. All right. We're going to wrap up there, folks. Thank you very much for joining. We'll be back next Monday. If you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning uh, or wherever you joined in or whatever you want to do. It'll also be available on your favorite podcast platform in about 15 minutes or so. Apple, Google, all that stuff. Clay, any parting words for this evening? Yeah, quickly. Thank you to everyone who donated. Uh, Parker, happy 25th birthday once again. And uh, just so you know, I hit the driving range just before uh, today and uh, um, a long way to go, but I think at least uh, I'm confident enough to say maybe we can share around by the end of the summer. How's that for some optimism? Sounds good. I'm uh, <laughs> we got to do the, the Canucks after dark match at some point. Love it. Love uh, it. Which will be a great time. Uh, yes. Thank you guys very much for hanging out. We will see you next week. Talk to y'all later.